Anyway, let's look to the Lord today with expectation. Amherst uh, was a good feeding yesterday on, on hope. And it just kind of like brought it down to what it, what it really takes to uh, nurture hope and how genuine hope comes about. You, you, can't, you can't force it. And you can't get your hopes and expectations on something that God has not really doing presently. Frequently God is doing something and he's speaking something, but perhaps the timing is a bit off and you, you want it to happen. But anyway, it was a good, a good uh, line yesterday. So Lord, we look to you for this day, Lord, for what you have for us presently. Lord, we open our hearts to the work of your spirit, Lord. Father, help us, Lord, to not hold back, Lord, to not come before you with some agenda today. Lord, whatever you desire for us, Lord, that you, you would specifically feed each one of us with food, spiritual food that you prescribe for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Gather out here.
Good morning. And it is a good one, right? I can't believe how warm this is. They were calling for snow today, and uh, I'm just as glad it didn't. If not yet, anyway. So, uh, get your coffee and settle down. If you're like me, you need a little shot of that this morning. Thank God for the coffee pot, huh? You know, um, in my early days as an engineer, um, I was what you call a machine designer. Actually, a whole lot like John Hawes, we kind of came out of the same background and, you know, different location, but same technology. So I was a machine designer and I was working for a company called American Design and Engineering Company. And that's what they call a job shop. We bid jobs for the major auto manufacturers and construction equipment manufacturers. And uh, we kind of went from job to job. So our staff was always looking for what's the next job. Because they knew that if the job they were on ran out, they were out of a job. Follow me? Yeah. So my job was to go into factories and sketch up, see, see what they wanted for their production equipment and sketch up as, an idea as how to do that and then sell a job and bring it back and have our guys do those. I was also the supervisor of the, the drafting personnel for this company. It was just, we had like 20 people. They're not a big outfit. So um, I noticed that as, as these jobs would start coming to completion, that the guys would slow down. Because <laughs> they'd try to milk it for all they could get because they didn't know where the next one was coming from. So I'd try to catch them at about the 75% level and see if I couldn't have something. And, and I just re distinctly remember one time I went into Pontiac and uh, we were working on the GTO back then. And, uh, and I, they wanted a, a machine to assemble the cylinder heads for that GTO. So I sketched up something and they said, yeah, you got the contract. So I came back and these guys who were getting ready to you know, wonder where the next job was. I went over there and I said, hey guys, as soon as you finish this, look what's next. And they would just light up. Oh, this is gonna be fun, this one. You know, and when Richard talked about hope this morning, I thought what an example of hope that that was, you know, just in a physical way. But you know, we have a hope uh, within us, is that true? Yeah. And there's a, there's a line that says, let your hope be uh, such that others can see it. I'm not, I'm not quoting exactly, but you can probably help me with that. Let the hope within you, all right, shine to others. Well, the other morning I was talking to Brother Bill on the phone, and uh, he said, you really need to pray for me. I don't know, you know, what's, what's next here. He was, he was just arrived at the convention and he wasn't sure 
about what his step was to take. So I started praying for him, and then he said, um, well, I'm going to go take a hot shower, and maybe that'll help. And when he said that, I had a vision, and I saw him surrounded and bathed in the love of God. And I shared that with him, and I said, Brother Bill, that's more than a shower. I said... <laughs> You're, you're going to be bathed in the, and surrounded by the love of God. And I saw a physical example of that. I'm going to start crying when I talk about this. Right here, the other night, when our lovely, beloved sister Kathy was surrounded, all right, with the love of God. And I, I, I looked at her. At one point in time, uh, it was just kind of drawn to an end and different ones had come through and prayed for and, and Carol went over and they were, the two were talking. And I saw Kathy's face just light up with hope in the midst of a storm. You follow me? And you showed forth, all of you, the hope that was in you, and it bore fruit. I got to believe that that fruit was there in that girl, and she woke up to the love of God. She was bathed in it, surrounded by the love of God, in a way that was totally orchestrated by the Holy Spirit of God. It was not the plan, you know. We had a plan. We were going to talk about prayer, and but you know what, what a physical example of prayer. How could it have been better? You follow me? And so, uh, what I could say though, about prayer, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm gonna have to have some physical help with my eyeballs this morning. They're, for one thing, they're kind of teared up. <laughs> I hope you'll forgive me. It says, uh, strong meat belongs to those that are being perfected, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil, and that discern means to, to fully separate good from evil. So, this thing about exercise, your senses are being exercised, is that true? Yeah. <clears throat> and one of the best ways to exercise those senses is what we, the example that we saw the other night. Your senses being exercised brought you up to touch Kathy. And I don't know what a better definition of prayer would ever be than that. Prayer is exercise. You follow me? In your quiet time, all kinds of the various manifestations of, of, of that prayer builds up the hope that's in you that you might be able to do something with it. Just like I was able to go in front of those guys and give them hope that they had another job to do and they could, they could just get, get on with doing the one they were doing so they could get on to that one. You follow me? Because 
We have a light to our feet and a, an illumination to the path before us, even if it's one step at a time. We're not going to see the whole picture, but I'll guarantee you're going to see the next step. And that's going to build up your hope. And not only is it going to build your hope up, but you'll find grace to help in time of need for those who are losing hope. All right, those around you, you know what? Everybody in here needs hope, all right? Some have a little dose of it better than others. If you, if you got hope and you see somebody struggling, shine your hope. And if you don't have it, exercise prayer, follow me? There's a way to get hope. You, you, get, you get a hold of God and let Him surround Amen. you with His love. Just like that hot shower. So Brother Bill's preaching right at this moment. He's down there in his convention. I just, uh, Brother Abel, Sister Adele showed me a little clip of him and he was up there giving hope. Follow me? He came out from our midst He's been bathed in the love of God and he's shining forth his light just like you and I can do the same. Amen. Amen. So exercise your faith and grow in hope and shine your light because it gives others hope as well. I was reminded of something, and I don't necessarily recommend this to our high schoolers, but he was talking about hope. Yeah, I'm on a little different theme, but I, I think the Lord um, is having his way, I trust. But in, in probably 10th, 11th grade, anytime um, when we had classrooms in, that were like 30 students, probably, so you could, you could hide. Our, our kids can't, and I encourage participation. If you feel bored, you should really uh, strive to be a participant in class. Because it's not all on the teacher. It's some of the fact that we're bored is, is on us probably more than we realize. But I, I, I would, when I lost interest in the subject, which was frequent, um, <laughs> I would start drawing high performance cars, which he talked about the GTO. They, when I was a kid, that was. Uh, yeah, we call it the, the goat. But anyway, it would, it, for, prior to 1970, uh, they really were high-performance cars that were manufactured here in America. And that must have been, well, the politician, but they started adding all this pollution, anti-pollution stuff, and it just the performance of cars went down. Like, I would draw high-performance cars. Like a, in, and I didn't do a good job, but I tried my best. Like I just, anyway. But in, in, in you fantasize, you think about it. But you know what, um, what that led to? I mean, this, this is the point I'm making. That when I got into my senior year, I started, was able to buy one. And it, it, what you keep before you, and this is why it's important what we, what we keep. Because hope, hope deferred does make the heart sick. And I think we're understanding there's a level of maturity required of us that if we're not getting what we hope for, that we don't put the onus on God, but we look 
to try to discern what he's really saying and what maybe it has to do with timing. Maybe there's something if you got what you needed, you were it would. Thank God I didn't have a high performance car before I was really ready for it. You, you, I might not be standing here. You know what I'm saying? Like that's in the natural. You, you, if I would have had something I really wanted, you know, I might be in jail. Who knows? I might not be. So God in his mercy knows when to give us what we need. And so if there's hope deferred in your heart today or my heart, we want to really take it to God to, to say, what are you speaking? And, you know, why aren't I? And I'm, I'm going to get to this in a second. Why? Because it's important. Um, you're not getting what you want. You know, I don't mean that like selfishly, but it's just you have to fortify yourself and equip yourself and take a different run at it to try to get in connection with what God is really saying. And what does he what does he see? What what is the need that he really is wanting to address in your heart? Because I think I need this. Perhaps the spirit of God is working in a way to bring about a, a, a greater need to ultimately satisfy me. Anyway, I'm gonna, I'll try to keep this moving this morning. I was <clears throat> yesterday at, uh, I was at the gym and Tom came looking for this ladder that's been missing um, in the power plant, stepladder. He's hunted all over the place. He asked me the day before about it. I, so uh, I happened to walk upstairs later on after he left and at the gym working and I think this was the, here's the ladder up there. The guys at the gym took it, you know. I mean, you know. <laughs> so I uh, brought it over for a break and I, while well, Tom was at break, I put it over there and then I come in, I said, I brought you a present, Tom. And later he texted, he wanted to know, where, where did you find this ladder? I, so I was kidding, I said, well, some, I think somebody at the, where you live took it, Tom. I said, I found it at the hillside. <laughs> and then I said, no, it was at the gym. Then I said, well, one, one favor deserves another. I said, Tom, you know, I have something I'm working on, but I said, if you feel the urge of the Spirit tomorrow, you can take the lead and lead out in the Word. If doesn't Tom carry a word? You know? So it wasn't long after that I get a, I get a Tom Porter reply back. Uh, I'll just bring the ladder back. <laughs> so here I am. Anyway. I think we agreed the other night, um, you know, man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps and it appear that the Lord had other plans for what, what was needed. And uh, we, we have dinner with Kathy and Mark every week. Um, and I had the impression last night, just looking at her, uh, here we come through the line and we're thinking we're ministering to her. And it became very clear to me that, that most likely uh, we walked away the recipients of more than what she was. She was. She's, there's a connection that she has. If you haven't noticed, she's doing business with God. I mean, the, the, the line between is getting the margin is closing. If you, you know what I'm saying, it's like it's just she's getting short of God moving. She's she's getting pretty close. And, and uh, I advise you if you to reach out and connect while there's opportunity. And, and learn to to uh, to listen when you're near her because uh, there's a connection with the Holy Spirit that I haven't seen for in a while. Anyway, 
I'm not going to, I'll just say two things about prayer. I'm not going to talk about prayer, but it ties into what I want to say. Because um, I really believe and I, I have felt more than ever that for us, prayer, true prayer, and I've said this, it, it, true prayer is, is a dialogue. It's talking to God. It's not bringing your shopping list to God. We, we have shopping lists, you know, just come before him and, and even quietly and you, you, you talk to him, you, you converse, well, what about this? You know, what do you say this? And you bring a burden before him and you really try to get in touch with what he's saying. But I, I believe that, that prayer really is an opportunity to participate with, what, with God and what he's doing. Imagine God allowing us to participate in things where we are co-laboring. You know, he's giving us the opportunity to be a part of what he's doing. And prayer is really that, that means. This is P.T. Forsyth. He was a Scottish theologian, I believe. But any, I think this was read before, but it says, the intercession of Christ in, now I'm not talking about prayer today, but I just, this is kind of a bridge to where I want to get. The intercession of Christ in heaven is the continuity and consummation of his supreme work on earth. To share it is the meaning of praying in the spirit. And it has had more effect, this is the line, prayer, an intercessory prayer from our hearts has had more effect on history than civilization has. In terms of you know things, things evolved and the inventions and all that man has contrived, you know, they may factor in, but really there's an aspect where prayer has turned and changed the direction, you know, of things in terms of bringing God in, bringing his plan about. And, I, and lastly, on prayer, I like this point. <clears throat> this is Oswald Chambers. He says, it is not that man will suffer in his life if he does not pray but what will suffer is the life of God in him, which is nourished by prayer. I, I remember when I first read this slide, this is like a light went on. What will suffer in us is, as a result of not participating in prayer. And I'm, I'm looking out, I see such a force here. I mean, I know there are all ages here, and particularly for our young children, don't, don't, don't ever discount right. your impact right. when you pray for your parents. Because you see things that we don't see. You, you know, it's like our children, they pick up far more. They pick up far more than what we ever realize what's happening with mom and dad. And they get burned. They don't know what to do with it. So I would only advise you to take it to the Lord in prayer, right? But it's really the life of God in us that will suffer. And it's that which is nourished by prayer. We look on prayer as a means of getting things for ourselves. But the purpose of prayer is that we may get to know God himself. It is not so true that prayer changes things as that prayer changes me and I change things. Prayer is not a question of altering things externally, but of working wonders in a man's disposition or changing me. Greatest miracle in prayer is that it changes me, right? And I've said this before, it's like when it, 
Prayer really brings us into a connection and into really uh, genuine agreement with what God's doing. Because there can be a lot of frustration when that's absent. When, you, when you're striving for something and you're hoping for something, and yet at the same time, you're, you're, you're not, there's not the connection with the Spirit of God that you need, that prayer brings you into, to really get in agreement with what God is doing. And when you and I really are in agreement and are under the, the true yoke of the Spirit, isn't it just true that the answer means less? Demanding an answer, having an answer, seems to take a back seat to really having a connection with God. And when, you're, when there's that connection and that agreement with God and that abiding, it's, it just doesn't have the weight. There's not the angst. There's not the demand for an answer. And I needed this this morning because I woke up. Um, this was on my heart. I woke up feeling uh, discouraged about <laughs> interesting of all things. Here I'm giving you a little pep talk. But I, I woke up feeling discouraged about about uh, not having a prayer answered, not understanding why in areas where you really are genuinely before God and you know it's in His hands and you know the answer is going to come from Him. And He's going to be faithful and true. Even whether or not I, I get involved with prayer, he's, he's going to have His way. I don't mean that passively. He just is. But what happens at times, I miss out in, in the lack of participating and the changes that God's looking for in me take longer because I, I'm not involved or I'm not engaged in, in prayer, perhaps. And I'm not here to explain um, why or, or talk to God, talk on God's behalf. I'm not his spokesman to, to defend him as to why you and my prayers are not being, your and my prayers are not being answered. Anybody have any unanswered prayers here today? No? Okay, one raised her hand. That's okay. I was going to say before, don't raise your hand. But I suspect most all of us are carrying pretty stout burdens that we, like, why, Lord? Why? Anyway, with that, I just talk about one aspect that I feel that could have an impact on it. It's like, we. We can't do what God can do, and yet He can't do if He's wanting something out of my heart that really, you know, to, to get, to bring it about, you know. Um, then, then that's something that's incumbent upon us to do. Anyway, as soon as I started thinking about this, and I said something to, to Karen, and she, she said, yeah, it's like the Spirit is right there this morning, like just, it just looks a little bleak. Uh, hope, there's deferred hope. But this came to me, it says, <clears throat> this is in Matthew 5, it says, and what came to me was leave thy gift. All right, that's fine. As soon as I was, that's, I thought about how discouraging it was in one sense where there's unanswered prayer, and then this came. Leave thy gift. And that's, this is a verse Therefore, if thou, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother has ought against thee, leave thy gift before the altar 
and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then bring, <clears throat> then come and offer it again. I don't think that needs a lot of explanation necessarily. Um, and I'm not saying there's, thank you, I need that. Help me. And I'm only saying that for reflection. And, and not that we, you know, run out of here and try to fix things. I can't fix things. I just know that, that perhaps there's more of a connection when we realize between our, our prayers being answered and, and just the spirit of unity, or rather maybe tolerating the spirit of division at times. And see, that's something we can do something about. And I never advised, as, as big as we've been on confrontation, you know, in my heart, I'm, it's like I'm saying less. In fact, if you want to know, not, I don't mean this like a challenge, but it's just like, <clears throat> I'm trying to, I'm working. For, for me, this is helping me to, to be sensitive and not um, try to correct something that it, it's like there's got to be something coming from my heart that wants to be corrected and wants to have input. I, I would suggest if you're in a war, there would be a need for you to go to somebody that you trust and say, hey, share your burden. This yes. is this is next line says in James five. It says confess your faults one to another. Is that happening here? Is is there a burden for the work that God is doing among us as a family? And a family among, among the Cross River folks that are included here. And I don't, this is not like some, I don't mean exclusive, this particular family. But, but here we are. And we have to work out things together. I was thinking about this during worship. Wherever I lived, I, I would still have to be working things out with people. You could think you, I could fly away as a bird. And then I would, there's a scripture, I can't, something like that, you know, I have to find refuge and it's like, you, there's no way to escape when the calling of God is on your life. You, 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 can, you can go anywhere and you're still going to have to work things out with somebody else. You're gonna, God's going to bring his people to you that are going to be a thistle or a thorn and whatever. And you have to find a way to, to, to really work, work, work it out. So here we are as a people. We just because of the way we live and we do have to kind of work things out, right? But this says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Interesting how the connection between prayer and, and being healed and just being self-effacing and being open with, with each other. And obviously that takes a level of trust. I mean, more than ever, you can't do that apart from a relationship. I, no, nobody will go to somebody that they are maybe suspicious of or not, not sure that they're going to they're, they're look out for, their best, for your best interest. Like, I go to someone that I think, um, I hope I would go to somebody that really would represent the Lord more than worrying about crossing or hurting my feelings. I hope that we're past that, folks. That we're not, a, that we would go to somebody not with what we want to hear, 
I mean, there was a time I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Like I just, and you get disappointed and then you go to somebody else and you look for, to hear what you're looking for and you don't hear it. And just, you, you can, until you and I really want truth and we want truth. And I got to say, I am convinced that it, it, what I need in many ways, that some, somebody here could help me. Can't you help that poor guy, you know? <laughs> Helping somebody, it's like cover that guy. I'm probably more exposed. Somebody here knows my openness and they, we, we just know each other pretty much. Would you say that's true? Yeah. I mean, it's like I was telling somebody the other day, you know, there's watch, watch your habits, watch what you do. Um, Cause it does affect somebody and, and there are people that perhaps won't say anything, but um, we, we can be notorious for, for forming views and opinions about each other based on what we see. And it's true, but yet at the same time, I have to be careful to not judge you. Okay, I'm kind of gone a little bit around to get to what I was really thinking about. But my point here is that I, I, I had the impression this morning that the Lord would want us to just be aware of the significance of, of, of having our prayers answered and the connection between that and really allowing the spirit of unity to work in our hearts and, and really where there's not, there's not apparent walls or as, at least as far as depends on me. I'm not contributing to, to the spirit of division. And I, I thought of this, I was, you know, recent weeks, I was back in Pennsylvania and I went to that memorial service. And this, this you know, this guy that, was, that had passed was very instrumental in my life. And he had this music group, I shared this before, but it's called The Family of God. And it, their theme song was, I'm so glad to be a part of the family of God. Um, and, it, you know, it's good words. It's fun. It, but I started thinking about this again when I was reminded of that song, that, you know, that, that I, am I really glad to be a part of the family of God? Like, and particularly like this family. I mean, are you really at heart glad to be a part of what what God is, is doing here. You know, and I felt some of it, um, you know, we've had a summer of a lot of discussion, which I, and it's still, it's still forthcoming. I know probably some of you are thinking, are we ever gonna have our, our family talk? And I, I trust we will. Okay, we said that and we wanna make good on that. Something maybe they just have to play out and just we talk amongst ourselves that uh, you know, I think all of us felt in the midst of some of the discussions. We've had some discussions recently. Just We have to live together and kind of work things out and speaking to our guests here. But anyway, we, we've had some discussions about standards and what we really agree on. And I, more like what do we really value and the need to really rethink and retool and, and let go of things that don't have the significance. Things that we ha have held to and, or things that we've done. I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm glad, you know, they had their time and they had their place. I think with this group, God needed the standard and the, and the you know, whatever we had. I think we, we must have needed it. And God, and God is, he had his purpose in that and now here we are and we're having to examine what, are the, what, what do we count precious among us? But all the while with that, it's like I felt, and maybe you could feel the same right there with all the 
the discussion was it was the enemy trying to sow seeds of division and that's where you know i think we need to pay attention and not ever allow ourselves to be used in a way that would dishonor the lord <clears throat> and i thought about or just discredit what god really wants to do and that led me to the to jesus's prayer i won't re read it all but it just these lines here in john 17 his, this is his prayer and since we've been talking a little bit about prayer he says that they all may be one as thou father art in me and i in thee he says again that they also may be one in us that the world might believe that thou hast sent me and the glory which thou gavest them from <clears throat> is given them and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them that they may be one. Like the whole point of what he's doing is that there be a, a body of a people that in his body, his body, this body in his overall, the body universally would be one. It's amazing. We probably, you know, we will discover how many, how many servants God has in place as we go on that are of like precious faith. And so you go out of here and you, you meet someone, it's like you just know there's a, there's a bond there. Like, these, these people think the way I think. These people have been dealt with the way I've been dealt with. These people have come from a screwed up upbringing just like I have, and God is working. It's like, God is, this is what's on God to do. It's, it's, it's really not on me, okay? As much as it, the onus is on God to make it happened. He, he is, you think God is going to deny answering this prayer of his son? Right? No. The day may be one, even as we are. The day may be perfect in one. And I, anyway, that's all on that line. All that said, this is a strange thought. It's going to happen. And in one way, it's going to happen regardless of what I do or I don't do. That's the father that we serve. He is bringing about a body where there will be no schisms, no, where they will not misjudge each other, where, where we really will come to the point that we would lay down our lives. And that's happening now. I, I see, don't you see that now? I mean, it's not talking about, I'm not referring to some getting up yonder day. It's happening now in daily. People just show up. I thought I caught a, a glimpse of something when Ms. Amherst was talking yesterday. She was pitching about, um, not pitching, but about volunteering. She volunteered for opening. That's the highest, probably. And you see, we, got, we had some very good feedings this week um, by people that just volunteered. That's really what's happening. There's a lot of volunteering going on in our midst. In the midst of the family structure, serving one another in love. That's where we're headed, folks, as, and that's what really God is, is going to do. So he's, he's going to do it, but <clears throat> with or without me, it's going to happen. But sadly, I'm the one that would miss out on it if I don't participate in it. I don't step up my game in terms of making sure that whatever depends on me, I, I, I am careful not to Discredit the Lord, dishonor this 
oneness that God is doing by the things that I would say, maybe, by the actions that I would take. You know, you, you know, you, I can sow seeds of division, just a glance of the eye or whatever, because very powerful, pow- powerful, right? I mean, more than words. We, we, can, we can be used by a spirit to further a breach, just a glance or just by, you know, somebody says something stupid and I look over and he, we, we, there, there he goes again, he's just, whatever it is, you know, that, these are the things that we need to really own up and be careful about, I, be, I believe, anyway. Anyway, it's on God and I'm, I'm learning to, to uh, rest not be tolerant of division, of division. But as I said, I'm not, it's like, we used to be uh, like, we're, we're the Phineas company that when there's something happening in camp, we're the first to throw the spear. And you look at what, what he received as a result of me, just was in, and the plague was stopped because of something that I did. And that's, that's okay, that may happen. But, but, I think really there's a lot of inward work that's taking place now to, to close breaches. Because it has to begin. It's not outwardly first, folks. It, you know, I'm, and I'm even suggesting or submitting that, that as, as we allow uh, the Spirit of the Lord to work among us, that we first take the path of prayer on our knees. At least show, let God know that I do care about a relationship. I can't help it. I, I have been under a lot of angst over the years thinking I needed to, I needed to close up a breach. That somehow I needed to do something to, to, to help a relationship. Where, and I can't. And it's helping me to be able to rest. What am I resting on? I'm resting on the fact that, that I know that God is going to do this. He is going to have a family. He's going to have a people that are growing to really love and lay down their lives for each other. I can't make you conform to my wishes, right? I can't, I can't do what only you can do. Um, from, for me, I've, I've noticed over the years a lot of angst that was a result of, of thinking I needed to do something and trying to do something that ended in futility. When I was back visiting um, I had a pretty, not heated, but it just was pretty intense conversation with somebody who has a very serious angst about somebody else. And I'm listening, and the Spirit of the Lord was helping me be quiet. Because I just wanted to just, just like, I have the upper ground in this conversation. And I'm just going to wait and let you run your course and I'll, no, but I, but I felt like I really did have the high ground. And it was a place of humility, so to speak. The high ground in a relationship is really to humble your heart. That's, and sometimes it's saying nothing. Even when you know what's needed, you know it's maybe it's, someone's not ready, and you're going to create more fervor by giving them the truth than just to wait. <clears throat> so I waited. I gave I, what I felt I gave place to. I'm working this out in my mind. Like I had a lot of things running through my mind that I could say to straighten that person out. And I really did feel like I had the high ground. All I felt to say was in this situation, maybe, hold on, maybe there's something about this person 
that you have this angst about that you don't know. You, maybe you don't have, as clear as a perspective and a picture of you, it, maybe there's something missing in your perspective that, 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 this, that you would need. And this, I'm dealing with someone that I know cares about me and they um, don't try to guess who it is. <clears throat> but anyway, God gets a lot of mileage when I go back. I, I just say this. But I can't, I can't, my point is you, when there's angst in a relationship, I, I, I have no power to change you. I can only reflect and say, God, what, help me not to be offensive and, and make sure that I own whatever part of it is mine. And I would say, you know, um, we would think if people were more like me, if they thought like me, then we, then we really could get along. Right? We could be one. Really? I mean, you really believe that? I mean, if you've ever thought about that, like if people saw something and they treated, like I used to, tools used to be, you know, like just the way people would treat tools or treat stuff. It's like, why can't they put things back like I do? You know, if they just, if they were just like me, we could get along. You know, I think if you think about probably the, Maybe the worst, uh, the most difficult relationship here might pale compared to you if you really had to deal with somebody like you when you think about it. You, 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 you might welcome a nasty relationship compared to what it would be like if everybody was like you. What am I saying that for? Because we don't see ourselves. I think I know how I am, but I don't really see my more exposed before you than what you, what I ever think, right? So it's not about people conforming to and becoming like you. <laughs> it's not going to do it. Um, now let's see here. I just I wrote this down. The the need there, you know, the burden I felt at the time when I was thinking about this and some of this came earlier and some of it came this morning. I got up it. I still have an issue with my hand I have to deal with. You can pray for me. It, I, I was up early with some nerve pain. And so anyway, a lot of this had some time to, to think. But I just want to lay before us a burden that we really um, consider moving in a way in relationship, in relationships that really um, honor the Lord above our own personal agenda or what what perhaps we think that just moving away that that net, that would not discredit um, the work of the Lord and I thought you know um, you can read it in the beginning of Acts but I feel like we we have witnessed here um, tremendous things as a result of of us being unified on something I mean, I just was thinking in the natural, like when we bought, you know, before we came, we just, when the Lord, we, we were looking all over the place for a place to start a community. And finally we, you know, it's like God, we, the place we didn't want, we end up with, like we just, here we are. And that's, you know, like he had a place in mind and we had to come to the point where we choose his choice. So here we are. But once we finally got agreed and just how quick things happened, which is just amazing. 
I thought of like um, when we agreed really to finally, after so many years, we thought we thought we would all be brought up from Claremont, New Hampshire to here within three years. At least that's what I remember. And when seven or eight years came along, you know, it just like wasn't happening. But finally, we decided it was time to do this, to really close things down. And it's like when we got agreed on that, there was just there was, I believe, unanimous agreement. And we were walked, what, what happened? We walked away from a business, cleaning business that at the time was sending about $3,000 a week to the, a, a week up here. Very lucrative. And we, we bought one up in Fairbanks that to this day, it's like, Lord, you know why we got that. We've been, we paid. Anyway, the Lord used it. Okay, and, and just the sacrifices that were made at that time to get that business off the ground for the sake of us feeling like we needed to be together. We made tremendous, there was tremendous sacrifice. When there's unity and, there, and we got our sights on the same thing, there's, there's a lot of things that happen. And I just remember thinking, how, uh, how's this gonna work? All of a sudden now, we're gonna be sending our, our workforce to Fairbanks. And the Lord, Lord put it together all those years. It was a tremendous revenue, and we bought the Fairbanks house. I mean, to this day, it's the residual effects of service master are we're still reaping them. But but my point is, when the, when the power present, whenever we're unified on something, I was telling Brother Abel about the school. He didn't. And I thought I had told him before we were driving by, and I said, but this is where the school used to be down here, and like. I remember when we finally decided to move the school. That was a huge ordeal. But just we, we, we were together on it and there was power to make the sacrifice required. Anybody else think of, you know, like we, we had school here for a good part of that year. I said, you know, when, <laughs> this was a confirmation. And to me, it was like the Lord saying, I'm, when, I'm, when there's unity, you know, things happen because it, it's, it's by his spirit. But there was a glass of water in the bathroom window of the school down there. We jacked the thing up, drive it up here. It wasn't self-propelled. We hired Ed Carnes had one of the best operators he could find it. Bring it up the hill. That thing finally got in place. You know what? Somebody noticed, hey, the, the water is still sitting in the window. Isn't that something? Now that's the work, I mean, that's like small things, but what are the chances of that happening? Actually, by the way, we were redeeming those school windows. They're now in the shop down here. That's another miracle. But you, can you think of anything where there was, there was an obvious hand of God moving in a way, not miraculous, but just when, when we were unified on something? Okay. Um, yeah. 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 Rikas. That that wasn't an easy uh, bringing together. There were a few of us that 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 because back then we were thinking that we we needed to stay here and not work off there as much as we can. But we finally were agreed on that. You know, and that that provided a lot of opportunity. And in particular, it afforded the place to train. I mean, look at our young. Look, look what we have sitting over here, Brother Favian Chavez. 
one of the managers there, you know, and Angela, and all these people that, as a result of that, and we have a place to to be a to to vote to, right? Yeah. Anyway, those are those are just some small examples. But my point was, there's power whenever God's people resolve to come together and and really be one. Anyway, I'll, I'll move on. Pardon me. Yes. When we finally agreed to, at, at their request, really, uh, the elders there to, to, to merge with New Hope and, and bring them this way. We tried to do that. We sent people over there, right? The ministry for families to live there for a number of years. And when God finally, it's like, and, and even now, it's, there's good things happening there. You, you, you get the point, I think. But I think it's, it's, it's important um, to put our energies in things and <clears throat> building walls that protect our unity rather than allowing ourselves to, to build walls that, that create disunity amongst ourselves. Um, anyway, I think I was going to talk about bonds, but I think I'll wrap this up. We're getting a little bit late here. Um, this is Paul. It says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. And I'll close with this. I think this is a, a recent Sparks that I read. It says that maybe you saw this too. And again, my point is don't, don't discount the, the, the the unity that God is working in our midst and the connection between just answered prayer and just things happening that, that are positive. Fellowship of the Spirit is the spirit of fellowship, but again, it is positive. Fellowship is not a passive thing. It never can be pa a passive thing because all the hosts of hell are out against it. Like, how does this guy know? <laughs> if there is one thing that hell is against, it is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the people of God. Unceasingly, by any and every means, those evil powers will seek to destroy that fellowship because that fellowship spells their final undoing. Therefore, fellowship can never be a neutral, passive kind of thing. You, you have got to fight for it. You've got to stand for it. You've got to be positive about this. Let some rift go on and just see the havoc that delay over putting that thing right will work. If you have the spirit, and of course I am addressing those who are supposed to have the spirit, you should know that. If you are out of joint with any member of the body of Christ to which you belong, I'm, I'm reading this because it's like, he says a lot of good things. But when you read something that seems to be current, it's like it really, he says, he says, has a way of saying it better than what I can. If you are out of joint with another member of the body of Christ to which you belong, it is as if with a dislocation in the natural physical body, there is an ache, a perpetual ache. The most vivid memory we have of that is, is uh, Brother Jack. He had hip surgery and then I don't know how long after that, his hip went out. And it's just, I, uh, it was so painful to watch and be so helpless with your, uh, 
A guy like a fa- was like a father suffering so much pain. And I wonder, it's almost as though there, there is pain among us when there's dislocation. And it's like at times I feel like we, to not feel the pain, we must subconsciously suppress it. And I don't, I don't want us to do that if, there, if there's pain. It's okay to feel the pain of it. And, and again, all you can do in many cases is take it, if you take it to the Lord. It's all, all, I think that's the starting point. That's what the Spirit of God, first, do no harm. Don't create more, more pain by trying to fix something that, that, that God is working on and He's going to ultimately fix. But, but be aware of it. That's the point. Don't be, don't be passive about disunion and things that are disjointed among us. Um, Ephesians 4 says, strive earnestly to guard and keep. Strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of the Spirit in the binding power of peace. So Lord, help us. Keep us with us, Lord. We look to you for your hand to go before us, Lord, to show us how to Respond to uh, whatever part of this you would have for each one of us specifically. Lord, we thank you for the spirit of unity that you are working and will have amongst your people. We submit ourselves to that great work, Lord. We trust you now with any, any breaches in our midst, Lord, that your, your spirit would continue to work and draw draw those situations together, Lord, in a way that would honor you. Father, we thank you again for, the, for Kathy and for Mark and the great work that you're doing, Lord. We pray, Lord, that there would be a spirit of unity rise up among us that would, that would honor you, Lord, and would give you free course to move in their situation on their behalf. Um, just for every, every burden, Lord. Ones we have been carrying Together in an unspoken request, Lord, where there's been um, unanswered prayer or hope deferred, Lord, we, we bring those before you today, Lord, that you would have your way in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. I was going to jump up a little while ago um, when Richard was talking about the need to um, go to the Lord, like in, in, the, in the situations where there is unresolved and division. And um, it, it is really true that there's a, there's a pain that we feel um, as a result of where we ourselves are divided or where we see division in the body. And um, a couple weeks ago, this was this scripture that I'm going to read was the verse of the day on my Bible app. And I had been, um, like, really aggressively asking the Lord um, about a particular situation. And anyway, this, so this pops up. It's in Joel chapter 2. And it's after the whole description of the Lord's army. You know, it's the ones, they rush on the city, they run on the wall, and they don't break, they don't break, break. And it's like a day of judgment. And then down to verse 12, this is the Amplified Version. Um, 
Even now, says the Lord, turn and come to me with all your heart in genuine repentance, with fasting and weeping and mourning, until every barrier is removed and the broken fellowship is restored. And that, to me, that was such a huge promise because I know we feel so incredibly helpless um, in the face of situations that, like, we just, it is incredibly discouraging when you don't see a way to come back together again. Um, But the promise is that our, our responsibility in that is to turn with our whole heart, even now, like right now, (laughs) when we're thinking about it, when it's discouraging us, when it's when we're down, like even now, turn to the Lord with our whole heart and and stay there in that attitude of waiting (laughs) and repentance. Um, I thought it's such a great point that you brought up, Richard, about what if there's a hole in my perspective? What am I not seeing about the circumstance? And the promise is, though, that the work of restoration, the, the removing of the obstacles, the bringing together of the fellowship, that is the work of God. And our part in it is to go to him now with our whole heart. Anyway, thank you. While I'm up here, I was thinking this morning, the second half of that scripture in Proverbs 13 hope deferred makes the heart sick the second half of that verse is but when the desire cometh it is a tree of life and a lot of times I think sometimes we don't make it past the sick heart the sick heart it can be part of the program everything has to die on some level before it gets fulfilled so anyway don't be discouraged because we go through the sick heart stage uh, stay on the path and we'll come to the desire that's a tree of life. I'm very sorry. If people need to get on the boat, feel free to. Um, I felt really, really like awakened and burdened after Amaris spoke. Um, there are very few people that are as quiet and can take punishment as easily as like Amaris is in my mind, an extremely tough individual. And so when someone like that, you know, breaks and actually shows what's going on on the inside, that's, that's God working on the inside with someone. And that is something I, my ears perked up right away when she started talking about that, but all these things, uh, prayer, hope deferred unity, all these things that kept, uh, in my mind, kind of all coming back to the same thing. Where is, um, where are our eyes focused on? Even when we're even when we're praying, it's very easy. He was talking about the heart being sick. It's very easy to even when, our, when we're praying for other people, for our focus to still be on ourselves. It's so vital to be other-oriented because you can get really focused easily on my hope being deferred. My hope is deferred. I'm beaten down. I'm all these things. It's very easy to get lost in that, and that's a bottomless pit. Once you start down that road, it is almost impossible to dig yourself out and how vital it is to turn our eyes, yes, to God, but just to those around us, to the needs around us. And maybe we're not seeing the answer, but maybe that person is seeing the answer because you've turned your focus to them instead of just like, oh, no, we're not seeing any answer with Julian or we're not seeing any answer with Maria or, 
you know, maybe they are seeing answers. Maybe God's talking to them because you're talking to God on behalf of them. I don't want to belabor this, but I've been, I had this dream the other night and it, I usually have stupid, funny dreams. Like, and I remember my dreams most morning when I woke up, but this was like one of these dreams, like Amy Greer has it just, I woke up and like, was like, aha, like this is more than just bad chili. Anyhow, um, I had this, it was a funny dream, but it was it also like, like I said, I woke up thinking about it and that was, I had this dream. I went over to the island and the, the old island house was standing there in the dream. And there was, I walked up and there was this banner over the path and it said, the accuser of the brethren. And I walked down the path a little and there was like all these groups of people, like three or four people here, three or four people there. And as I walked up, I realized that each of these groups resembled a person here. And it was like each individual's accusers and um and like some of the people like and they were all saying stuff making little comments as i walked by and and like some of the things they were saying i was like that is so weird like i don't even get that and some of the things i thought were funny and some of the things i was like oh my god that is awful and i realized when i woke up i i was sitting i woke up in the morning just thinking about it it was right before i woke up and I realized that, you know, we think, like I'm just, just sure that my assessment of things is spot on. And, and in the dream, I realized that, like, these things that were gnawing at people here, like I just had no clue. And I couldn't remember when I woke up specific things about specific people. But in the dream, it was like crystal clear to me, oh, that's so-and-so. Ooh, that's... And, and, and just the array of, that's stupid. Like, why, are, why is that even a problem? Or, that's hilarious. Like, they're, they're worried about that? Like, anyhow. And just how I was kind of struck. One of the sharing nights we had with Josiah said something about um, just having compassion and, and thinking about what somebody else is going through. Um, you know, they're not at breakfast. Maybe... They had a horrible night instead of being so quick to judge. And so, anyhow, I, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. Just, um, you know, carrying each other's burdens has a whole lot to do with being willing to realize that there, might, there are things going on that, that we just totally may not understand. And, and being compassionate for each other. But, um, and the other thing that I was struck with um, was that... You know, it seems like the enemy is working to divide us um, every way he can. And in that dream, I realized that like, the that the things that like there were, in, I, I there was like certain things that were said to me by these the accusers that that riled me up, and just that you know the enemy's working to get us divided, um, and, and it can be the things that we're going through that we choose to take offense that somebody's going through something that we don't, we can't comprehend anyhow, just how important um, it is to not be taken in by that. Um, 
you know, because it says the accuser of the brethren is working day and night. Anyhow, so I just... Okay. If anybody else has anything, Monday morning opening is open. All right, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the word, Lord, and your spirit that's clear and uh, meets each one of us, Lord. We do ask for Mark and Kathy this weekend, Lord. Continue to keep your hand of covering, Lord, on Andrew Samuel down there, Lord, and his recovery process that's ongoing, Lord, for all the needs here, the unspoken requests and the things that people deal with on a daily basis, Lord. I ask you to strengthen and encourage each one in the battle that they're going through. Be with us this weekend, Lord. Ask for safety on the river and on the roads as the season's changing, Lord. Be with us in your name. Amen. Amen.